thank you again for joining us for the Biblical Principles Podcast. If you have your Bible, find your place there in the book of the Revelation, chapter number 20. The book of the Revelation, chapter number 20, and we want to begin our reading today in verse number 12. This will be the second part of the Great White Throne Judgment, and um, it's a very sober topic. If you're saved and it doesn't affect you, I'm a little concerned about you because you're, number one, you're either lost or, number two, you're so cold that you need to get right with God because of the fact that sinners are actually going to stand before a thrice holy angry God and be thrown into a literal lake of fire ought to affect you in a way where you at least are concerned and burdened about the lost. So um, this is not a game. This is not something we just talk about, but it's a reality that's going to happen. And um, I do want to thank you again for being with us. And no matter where you're listening at, if you're cutting the grass or laying on a beach or riding down the road or maybe doing some sort of work, I do pray that the podcast is a blessing to you. And my heart is definitely touched by the subjects on the podcast, and I pray that your heart is touched too. That's my desire, is to be a blessing and a benefit to somebody spiritually along the way. I had a lot of good men pour a lot of stuff into me, and um, that's all I'm trying to do is take some of the spiritual stuff that was poured into me and poured into this next generation. And when I'm dead and gone, the next generation will need to take what I poured into them and pour it into the generation after them. All right, let's begin our reading in verse number 12, Revelation chapter number 20, in verse number 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Here we see uh, verse number 12 starts out with the dead, and that's anybody that's lost, but then we see that they're standing before God. And we see that some books are opened. We also see another book opened, which is the book of life. And I believe that the books, and um, I've heard good men preach that the books are the Bible. And I believe that the Bible probably will be used, no doubt, because it is the Word of God. It's forever settled in heaven. And I do understand that the book of life is a book that your name is written in at salvation. But those other books are what I'd like to kind of spend a little bit of time playing on here for just a little while today on the podcast. And I'd like to kind of paint a picture, if we could, of a courtroom, of a courtroom and a judge seated on a throne, and that's Jesus is on the throne. And I see the people standing in court before a judge, and they don't have a lawyer, they don't have a defense, they're just standing there. And the judge that's seated on the throne knows every secret that they've ever had. There's no religious cover that they can hide under. They know they're lost. And I see complete anxiety and despair within the lives of the men, women, boys, and girls who are standing before this judge. And the reason that I see all this is because of these books I believe very simply that God keeps a book, a record of everything that we've ever done. Proverbs 15.3 says, For the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. So he knows what we've done and when we've done it. 
And he's kept a record of that. And I can just see those people sitting there thinking this, I've never been here before. I've never been here before. Especially the people who are religious, who have an understanding of the Bible, who know there's a great white throne judgment. Can you imagine them standing before God, understanding the consequences of being at the great white throne judgment is eternity in a lake of fire, and they're being condemned before a thrice holy God because they've never been saved? It's a very scary situation. Let's go to the book of Romans, chapter number 2 and verse number 15. And I want to show you one of the books that I believe will be at the judgment seat of Christ or the great white throne judgment. The book of Romans, chapter 2 and verse number 15, which shew the works of God written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. At that day, God's going to open up a book that we'll just title, for sake of simplicity, the book of conscience. And that book of conscience is going to bear witness against the lost man as he stands before God. Look at what the book of conscience does. It says their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. They've convinced their self that they're all right in their own mind, even though in their conscience God has dealt with them time and time again. And in that book of conscience, God will pull to record all the times that he dealt with the person standing before him who is lost, all the messages they heard, all the opportunities they had to get saved. And he, I believe, will replay the feelings that they had as those moments were transpiring in their life. And their conscience will convict them and deal with them about the fact that that was God dealing with them. And then secondly, let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter number 12, and verse 36 and verse 37. The book of Matthew, chapter number 12, and verse 36 and 37. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in that day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned." Here we see another book that is going to be present at the Great White Throne Judgment, and that's the book of words, the book of words. Notice what he said, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Can you imagine what it's going to be like for the lost man, woman, boy, or girl as God reads the books of the words that they said, all the times that they said something derogatory about God, all the times they said something derogatory about the church, all the times they said something derogatory about the preacher, all the times they said something derogatory about the church member, and God reads that book. God shows them the book. God replays for them the day they said it. God explains to them how they said it. God explains to them what they meant in their heart when they said it. And they're going to be condemned in that day as they stand before God by the book of words that God is going to read to them. Then the book of Romans, chapter number 2 and verse number 16. The book of Romans, chapter number 2 and verse number 16. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Let's read it through one more time. Romans chapter 2 and verse number 16. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. There's going to be the book of secrets. 
all those secret things that those men, women, boy, and girl thought that nobody knew, God knew. And God wrote it down in a book for them to be able to relive it in that day. See, as this courtroom scene is set, God is a just God, and He is not going to punish anybody who doesn't deserve punishment. But as that lost person stands there, and the book of their conscience, the book of their words, and the book of their secrets are read, everybody there will know that they're condemned. They condemn their self. Number one, because they didn't accept Jesus Christ was the first problem. But number two, because they thought that a life of religion or a life of being a good person would somehow merit them eternal life. Second Corinthians chapter number 11 in verses 14 through 15. The book of Second Corinthians chapter number 11 in verses 14 through 15. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. The fourth book that you'll see there is the book of public works. You'll notice here that these people were preaching the gospel. You'll notice here that these people did think they were doing a work for God, but they did not have God's power. And God is going to reveal it to them in that day that it was nothing more than a public work that they were demonstrating, I believe, for filthy lucre's sake, just to get money. But in that judgment day, the veil is going to be removed. The pharisaical mass will be peeled back, and sinners will stand before a God seated on a throne at the great white throne judgment. And there will be no way out. There will be no way out. They will be condemned according to the books that are written. The book of the Revelation, chapter 21 and verse 27. The book of the Revelation, chapter 21 in verse number 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. The other book that will be at the judgment seat, the great white throne judgment, will be the book of life. And that book will only have the names of the people who are saved in it. And I believe that God will hand that book to those lost people that stand there and will say to them, your name is not in the book. And they'll look and look and look and they'll have to conclude for everyone to see that their name is not in the book of life. That's the most important thing you never do, is get born again, get saved, and get your name written in the book of life. The book of Acts, chapter number 10, in verses 40 and 42. The book of Acts, chapter 10, in verses 40 and 42. Him God raised up the third day and shewed him openly not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. It's Jesus Christ is the judge. He's the one who's seated on the throne. 
and he's going to be the one judging the dead, those that are spiritually dead. See, in that day, we'll get to see what they really were. And they'll be judged. The Bible says right there at the end of verse number twenty-two or verse number twelve in the book of Revelation, chapter number twenty, according to their works. They'll be judged by their works. Ephesians two, eight and nine, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Our works are of no merit before God. Even saved even saved, my works are of no merit. Because what happens is works end up getting put above the cross. And what Jesus did when he died on the cross is the pinnacle point for every man, woman, boy, or girl to get saved. They come through the cross. They're saved by the Savior who died on a cross for them. He died for their sins, Our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. And if you ever study out filthy rags, and I believe that verse is going to be found in the book of Isaiah. I don't have it with me right now. But if you ever study out filthy rags, those filthy rags are just rags that the lepers used to wipe those oozing pus sores, and then they'd hang the rag back up and pull it back down and wipe another sore and hang it back up. That's all our works are. There's nothing more than filthy rags. Yeah, it's a good thing to work. And I believe if you're saved, you're going to work and you're going to do things for God. But your works do not merit you eternal life. Eternal life was merited to you by you accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and being born again by the Word of God. Then let's look at verse number 13 there in the book of Revelation chapter number 20. The Bible says, "...and the sea gave up the dead which were in it." And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Here we see that the sea has given up the dead, that death has given up that dead, and that hell has given up the dead. Now, if you want to send me an email and explain to me what the sea giving up the dead is, I would love to have an answer for that. Um, the email address is going to be biblicalprinciples at juno.com. That's all lowercase letters. No spaces, biblical principles at juno.com. And you can give me the answer to why the sea gave up the dead. But I do see here that death is delivered up. And death was a created entity. You know, the book of Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Death was created when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Before that, there was no death. And so Jesus is also going to destroy death here at the great white throne judgment. He eliminates it. Why? Because death is not going to have any power on us. But where I really wanted to draw your attention was to this verse right here where it says, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And as I got to thinking about that, of course, hell is nothing more than a temporary holding cell where all of the lost men that die before the great white throne judgment will spend, e- spend it burning in a lake of, in a, in a fire. That's what hell is. Hell is not purgatory. Hell is a fire. And it's in the heart of the earth and it burns continually. But here we see for the first time people actually coming out of hell 
to stand before God. And as I thought about that, I thought about the rich man in Luke chapter number 16. You know, the one who died and went to hell, and in hell he lift up his eyes. And I got to thinking about him as he comes out of that fire for the first time, and he looks around, and for the first time in over 2,000 years, he's not burning. For the first time in over 2,000 years, he's not on fire. For the first time in over 2,000 years, he doesn't feel any pain. And he sees Jesus sitting on a throne. And I believe he's going to be able to look over and see the saint, the saint standing somewhere off to the side of Christ. And I believe he'll look over and he'll probably see Lazarus standing over there. And I believe that he'll begin to cry, not for water, not for Lazarus, not for his family or his friends. He'll begin to beg out not to be put back into the fire. God, please don't put me back into the fire. God, I'm sorry. God, I want to be saved. God, I believe you're the Savior. God, I repent of my sins. I believe he's going to be saying every prayer he knows, quoting every verse he says, and it will all be to no avail because he's condemned. And the only place for him to go from hell after the great white throne judgment is to be cast into the lake of fire. And I believe he'll be crying. He'll be screaming. He'll be begging for mercy. He's begging for mercy that he's never going to receive because he was never saved. But he does receive just a touch of mercy by being able to be removed from that terrible flame for a short period of time to be judged and to be cast into the lake of fire. The book of Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 through 23. The book of Matthew chapter 7 in verses 21 through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Not only will the rich man be standing there, but there'll be a whole lot of lost people who thought they were good people, who did good work standing there. And this right here, this set of scriptures right here, is scriptures that are going to be said at the great white throne judgment. They're going to say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? They were preachers. Lord, Lord, have we not cast out devils? They did miracles. Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works? They did great works. But do you know what he says to them? Depart from me, I never knew you. Not that he knew them and they got lost. That's not possible. Once you're saved, you're always saved. He never knew them. They were just very simply carrying out a religious rhetoric that landed them in hell. And after they were taken out of hell, they were going to stand before God. They're going to say a lot of things to him in that day, but all he's going to say is, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity.
And then verse number 14, Revelation chapter number 20 and verse number 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Wow. So that's where they're going to end up. Everybody's going to the lake of fire. Everybody's going to spend eternity burning in a lake of fire with no way out, with no more mercy, with no more kindness, with no more compassion. Everybody at the great white throne judgment will be condemned and will be sentenced to eternity in a lake of fire. But then I wanted to turn to the book of Luke, chapter number 22, in verses 54 through 62. The book of Luke, chapter 22, in verses 54 through 62. Of course, this is after they captured Jesus in the garden, and they didn't capture him. He willingly went with them. Don't ever let anybody convince you that they actually caught the Lord and had to drag him anywhere. He willingly went, and if he would not have wanted to go, he would still be sitting in the garden. But anyhow, that's another podcast for another day. Verse 54, Then they took him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. When they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man also was with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now, we understand contextually from the book of the Revelation that all the tears are not wiped away and all the former things are not passed until the next chapter after the great white throne judgment. So could I just take your mind as a saved person for just a minute? And imagine that the saved people are there standing off to the side with the Lord. And as the Lord condemns that cashier or that mechanic or that friend that you had, could it be possible that they look at you with tears in their eyes and then the Lord turns and looks at you? You know what Peter did? He went out and wept bitterly. And I believe there's going to be a lot of saved people at the great white throne judgment that are standing over there on the saved side that are going to go out and they're going to weep bitterly because they did not carry the light of the gospel to a lost and a dying world. And they watched as their acquaintances are cast into a lake of fire after the Lord turns and looks at them. But before they leave, I believe the Lord makes them do one more thing, and that's going to be found in the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verses 5 through 11. The book of Philippians chapter 2 and verses 5 through 11. 
Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father before they leave, before they're thrown into the lake of fire. After all the books are opened, their name's not in the book of life, they're condemned before God. I believe Jesus Christ is going to make them kneel down and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you know the sad part about that? Everybody at the great white throne judgment is going to have to do that. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're lost, I want you to realize that you're not at the great white throne judgment. You're still here on earth. You're still alive. There's a God in heaven who still has mercy. And if you're going to have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, according to this verse, every knee is going to bow. Then could I extend to you the opportunity and the invitation to confess that he's Lord now and be saved and miss the great white throne judgment? You say, that's all I got to do to be saved? That if thou shalt confess to thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's all you got to do. And this is the, this is the sad part about it. You're either going to confess that he's Lord now, or you're going to do it later. Later. 